Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I'm actually going to be talking about a case that recently marked its 25th year since the death of these children. I'm going to talk about the Houston mother, Andrea Yates, the mom famous for drowning all five of her children in the bathtub. Before I get started, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. This is something that I love to do. It's just a hobby. I do all of this myself, and so I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening and getting our crime on. So without further ado, let's get started. Don't forget, I will have all the pictures, videos, news articles, and such things that coincide with this case on my Facebook, Storytime Slayer. Let's get started. So 911 gets a call from a Houston woman around 9.30 a.m. June 20th, 2001, 20 years ago. All she will say is that she needs a police officer, not an ambulance. There's been no disturbance. No one's breaking in. It's so bizarre. And the dispatcher just keeps probing and probing this caller for a reason why they need a police officer. Finally, the dispatcher says, are you sick? And the woman agrees, yes, I'm ill. I'm ill. So she gets off the phone. Paramedics arrive and they see four children deceased on the bed, covered up to their necks with a blanket. One paramedic immediately assumes all the children have been poisoned until they notice a trail of water that led to the bathroom. In the bathroom was a deceased boy, seven-year-old Noah, who was still in the bathtub floating face down. Very sad. It was apparent that the mother who called 911 because she was ill had in fact drowned all five of her children. Leading up to this, they'd had a really normal day. The family got up. The husband, Rusty, went to work. Andrea fed the kids breakfast. But today, as they were eating cereal, she called them into the bathroom and drowned them one by one. First five-year-old John, then three-year-old Paul, two-year-old Luke, six-month-old Mary, and lastly, seven-year-old Noah. When police got there, she was almost in a haze, like in a zombie-like state. So who is Andrea Yates? What the heck happened? Andrea was actually born the youngest of five children, her father was a German immigrant, and her mother was a first-generation American whose family was from Ireland. She grew up in a Catholic household. Rusty, her husband, he was a NASA engineer, and they got married in 1993, and they actually lived in a converted bus until Luke. Luke was their third child, so they lived in a converted bus until Luke was born. Prior to being a stay-at-home mom, Andrea was actually a nurse. And you know what? She was a really intelligent student. Um, in high school, she made valedictorian. She was captain of her swim team, and she was a member of the National Honor Society. She was an RN from 1986 to 1994 when she decided to start staying home and when she had children. After Luke, their third, they moved into a four-bedroom home. And she was already a homemaker. And they'd already popped a bunch of kids out. So Andrea homeschooled the kids, which kind of left her and the kids isolated at home a lot. They seemed to be a really happy family until Andrea had her fourth child. She began to change and there was signs that something was really wrong with her. In 1999, she tried to kill herself two times. 
So the first time she tried to kill herself was from overdosing with sleeping pills. And the second time she actually took a knife to her throat in front of her husband in the bathroom and asked him to please let her kill herself. She had to be hospitalized three weeks. And in those three weeks, they were able to determine that she had postpartum depression with a psychosis. I don't think that Andrea and Rusty believed in birth control. They had this approach of like, we're going to have all the kids God will let us have or um, something to that effect. So while in the hospital, Andrea was stressing about the pressure and responsibility of raising so many young children. She was nearly obsessed with thoughts of how her children would turn out and how she was doing with them and what she was molding them to be like. They ultimately released Andrea, but they put her on two antidepressants and injection of an antipsychotic as well. The husband told 60 Minutes it was miraculous. Like, she went from catatonic to completely lively again in a matter of one day. And prior to that, he did not know the extent to which she really needed medication. And I think this whole conversation of medication and mental health being so difficult for Andrea's husband to understand was because he was a pretty um, radical Christian. He was into some like extreme beliefs from what I understand. I don't necessarily know what they are, but just that he could be a little bit callous about mental health. So after a year of getting off her medicine, being out of the hospital, Andrea was getting back to normal. They decided that they were going to have another baby. So Andrea's doctor had said there was a 50% chance that this depression episode would repeat itself as Andrea ever got pregnant and had more children. Rusty's, from what he said on 60 Minutes, his and Andrea's approach was pretty much, well, whatever. Um, If it happens again, that's okay because they know what to do. They know what the symptoms are, what medication Andrea would need, and... Um, yada yada however it was not medically advised that Andrea have any more children her last episode of depression and psychosis was so intense that no doctor recommended she have any more children at all okay so not to get too sidetracked but let's unpack something about Andrea's state of mental health a lot of people blame Rusty for leaving all the responsibility of raising the children on Andrea given her state of mental health after this crime happened it slowly unfolded how much Rusty really put on her and people were kind of shocked that she went without help from her husband for her mental illness now Rusty brushes this off as them living a traditional lifestyle Um, he works she takes care of the domestic things but Rusty was friends with a preacher that he had a rather extreme religious beliefs and they shared those beliefs and it's sort of rumored that this fueled Andrea's delusions and Rusty's view of mental illness. I believe it was Andrea's brother who said on Larry King Live that once while transporting Andrea to a mental health facility, Rusty made the comment that depressed people really just need a kick in the pants. Okay, so that's what I want to say about Rusty's take on Andrea's mental health is he wasn't 100% really there for her. I don't think because he had his own twisted views on it. Okay. So back to the timeline. Fast forward. So Andrea gets pregnant and has baby Mary. A few months after giving birth, her symptoms of postpartum depression returned full force. 
It was six months after Mary's birth that Andrea had depression spell and she needed to be hospitalized again. They took her off a really heavy antipsychotic medication only 16 days before she murdered her children. A lot of people attribute Andrea's depressive spell to the death of her father. She began to stop feeding Mary and obsessively read scripture and began self-harming. He passed away in March of 2001, and it was actually April, a month following that, when Andrea came under the care of, of Dr. Saeed. April of 2001 until her release, May 3rd of 2001. So she was over Andrea's care for a month, probably due to Andrea being hospitalized that month. And the doctor told her and Rusty that she should not be left alone with the children. However, despite this advice from the doctors, Rusty had his mom and brother quit coming over to watch the kids with Andrea. He was going to, you know, work her back into parenting. First, he would leave her for one hour in the morning and one hour at night and then work her way up to watching the kids all day alone. This is fucking insane. Like, this is a stupid, stupid man. He should seriously have some negligence charges against him. So it was that morning, June 20th, 2001, Rusty felt confident leaving Andrea at home with the children. And he got up and went to work while she got up and prepared breakfast, just like any other morning. However, it was this morning that one by one, she brought John, Paul, and Luke to the bathroom drowning them and then laying them on her bed next she drowned mary but she left her float in the bathtub when she called noah noah found mary and asked his mom what was wrong with her i don't know how noah put it together but he did put together something wasn't right and he actually tried to run away from his mom but she still caught him and then she drowned him next in the bathtub mary was wrapped up and placed in one of her brother's arms on the bed deceased and Noah was left in the bathtub while Andrea called 911, insisting she needed an officer but would not say why. Next, she called Rusty and said that he needed to come home now. Andrea ultimately confessed and pled not guilty by reason of insanity for drowning her children. The state asked for the death penalty. On the fourth day in trial, they played a tape of her confession, and although I couldn't get audio recording of the confession, I did find a transcript and. I'm just going to paraphrase from it, but I will leave the link on my notes in this podcast and on my Facebook Storytime Slayer. She says the night before the murders, she'd woken up in the middle of the night and decided she needed to kill her kids the next morning when Rusty left for work. And she had to do it when Rusty left for work because she knew he would stop her. She'd been pondering this for days, and once she made up her mind at 4 a.m., she said it's all she could think about. For her, the hardest child to drown was Noah because he was her firstborn. She felt like she knew him the best and he was the most like her. When asked what kept her from discussing this with Rusty, she said, I was afraid if I discussed it that it would happen. He said that Satan can't read your thoughts, but if you say them out loud, he will hear them and he'll use them against you. And I thought if I verbalized these fears that they would not come out. I'm sorry, I thought I verbalized these fears and that they would come about. So, Andrea is clearly not in a good headspace, and because of this religious scripture, she doesn't want to tell her husband because she's afraid that, you know, Satan will hear it and use it against her. She said that she did this to save her children because she had Satan in her head and was a bad mom. 
but she was clearly suffering from a mental illness and not stable or thinking rationally. She had a chemical imbalance. What is really crazy is that during the trial, Andrea's past doctors got on stand and one doctor seriously urged that they do not have any more children and Rusty still brushed this off and they got pregnant seven weeks after Andrea got out from under that doctor's care. He figured Andrea would be fine to have more children. Despite the danger and her obviously in a psychotic state, he wanted to play house and leave her at home and go to work. The jury found her guilty but refuted the death penalty, and they actually gave her life in prison in 2002, which is disappointing to me. I feel like, you know, it was a death penalty case. She did, however, get her conviction overturned and was found not guilty by reason of insanity in 2006. And although she's up for review every year, she waives it and she shows no intention of trying to get out. People have theorized that it's probably because she's one afraid to, afraid of being accepted into a community again, and uh, probably afraid for her safety because she still gets death threats. She should stay. I mean, how horrific. Rusty was instantly and consistently 100% supportive of Andrea. He insisted that he loved her and that she loved her kids and something was obviously wrong with her. This was a mental health issue. No shit, Rusty. Um, and a negligence issue on Rusty's part. Although Rusty and Andrea did divorce in 2004, only three years after the murders, Rusty got remarried one year following that divorce. And so he wed in 2004 and moved on to have another child. He and his wife did divorce, though, in 2015, so they were married for 11 years. It's so crazy to me how Andrea had such an extensive history of mental health issues and very clear warnings and indications of something really bad happening that went ignored and untreated by her husband and probably by some of their friends and family. I think this is horrifying and I can't believe this even happened. All right, guys, thanks so much. Check out Storytime Slayer for pictures and videos to coincide with this. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.